the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Rescuers radio show. Our worldwide audience is intact. I can almost see everybody. Yeah, right through the radio microphones. Anyway, uh, welcome. And I have a great guest in this this program, this edition of uh, Rescuers. And that's uh, Tammy Abernathy. Thank you. Tammy, welcome. Thank you. I'm to glad the, to be here. Uh, the, the studio is here for uh, rescuers. And uh, before we get get started in uh, Hope Women's cent, uh, uh, Center, uh, I'd like for our audience to get to know you a little bit. So sure. give Absolutely. me a, a little bit of your background story before you got to this point. Sure. I grew up mostly in Arizona. One of my, you know, three truths and a lie question is that I had I'd moved 33 times by the time I was 13, and my parents were not in the military, so that's an interesting fact. Yeah. My parents were both educators and worked in full-time ministry, so we traveled a lot, got to see a lot of things, lived overseas for a while, and just got to lo- do a lot of things at a young age. Um, but after college, I got married, just ticked all the right boxes, I thought, and then found myself as a single mom with an 18-month-old and a 5-year-old. And Boy, that was not how I saw my life going. And so that is a lot of the passion that drives me to do what I do for Hope Women's Center is just knowing um, how hard that that season was and how lonely that felt and how having a college education and had a career before I had kids and all of of these things and a a very full um, and and just rich support from family and church and friends and yet still ended up in this in this place and and really lonely and scared and and just facing a lot of obstacles. So. Um, that's one of the things through Hope Women's Center I get to help alleviate for women. So you've been uh, at the center how long? Eight years now, Eight I believe, years. going on my ninth year. And it was founded, uh, actually, it was, the first one was in Apache Junction? It was. It was founded in the 1980s by a nurse who had just a heart for seeing women with unplanned pregnancies and not a lot of support in that community. And think about the 1980s in the Valley. That was, was a, way it out was. there. It was way and out not there. not much there in between, there right? There was not. Not a, lot, not a lot of services. <laughs> you have to so take a stagecoach really to get out there? Or? I, know. I was pretty young at that time. So I can't vouch for that. Not you. I didn't, I didn't mean. <laughs> but yes, so there was not a lot of resources. Yeah. That was her passion. She founded it. Um, and it grew and just really was established in the East Valley. And then 
when I came along in 2013 is when I joined Hope Women's Center. I had been running a standalone similar ministry in Phoenix, and it became a Hope Women's Center. And then we just have exploded in growth. We've gone to almost opening our six now. So we're, we've got five. So where are they all? So they are Phoenix is our headquarters. Yes. So we had purchased a building in 2017, and that's our headquarters. Then we have an East Valley location in Apache Junction, West Valley in the El Mirage Surprise area. We have two in more southern Pinal County in Coolidge and in the city of Maricopa. And then our sixth one, um, we are joining with another ministry, and that will be in the Camp Verde area. So we'll have oh, nice. a presence up there as well. So it's just exciting to see yeah. how um, the expansion. It's a very reproducible model, obviously, because yeah. we've been able to reproduce it a number of times. Um, with community support, church support, um, each of the communities we're in, we're very invested in that community. And our local centers are run by you know women and team members from that community. So you oversee all of that. all of them. But each center has their own director, yes. I I they do. Presume, they have their right? own center manager. Okay. And then we're not, our model is to be 90% volunteers. Yeah. Um, that's a stewardship model, so we can keep our costs small. But it also involves the local community and the local churches and being able to love and serve their community through the vehicle of a Hope Women's Center. Yeah. So. You, you were kind enough to invite me into the Phoenix Center yes. and gave, got the grand tour and uh, explanation of what you do uh, and, and, and this building uh, being around for a while. Yes. You totally gutted and remodeled. It was a year-long process, but yes, we did. It's beautiful. Thank you. It is a really beautiful And it is a welcome center. Yes. And that's what we want. All of our centers are designed to be warm, inviting. Some of them are homes that we've converted into centers. The Phoenix Center is 8,500 square feet, so that's a big commercial space, but still created to be warm and inviting where she will feel safe and where she will feel just her worth and dignity and value the moment she walks in the door. So what kind of, of uh, what do you do once they're in the building? What, what, what do you offer them? So we are a free resource and referral center for women and teen girls in crisis. So whatever issue she's facing, she might be a single mom like I was. She might be struggling with a job loss, abuse, a lot of trauma. Um, certainly through the pandemic, we've seen a lot of mental health and just poverty issues. Probably abuse yeah. and poverty are the two biggest issues that yeah. drive women in. But really whatever she's facing, we're there to walk with her. So that is through a very holistic program approach. How do we help her physically, emotionally, spiritually. So how do we surround her with life skills classes and support, mentoring, crisis counseling? Again, everything is free. And then the more she engages with those programs, she earns points, and she's able to then get the material resources for her family. Right. All of our locations have a little boutique where she can shop. And nice. Get those material so, um, so you... You have uh, a staff, mm-hmm. and some of them are, are teachers. Some of them have the skill to teach others or mm-hmm. the to ma- walk with them. Right. The majority, actually, of our teachers, I would say 99% of our teachers are volunteers that we have trained. So our staff oversees the center, but our vision is to train those in the community that have a passion to walk alongside woman, women, whether that is helping them with financial skills, job skills, parenting skills, um, things that are f- more fun and kind of engage them on an emotional level like cooking or, or um, exercise class. We do trauma-based classes, recovery from abuse. So we train our volunteers that are from the community. They teach the classes and mentor the women. So I, I want to go deep into uh, the categories mm-hmm. uh, of, of when someone walks in, What you don't really know where they've been or how they've been treated at that point. Right. They just walk in Right. Right. And we say you're safe here. So safety is one of our top values because women often don't feel safe when they first come to us. So you're you're you hit it right on the head with with covid. 
our upside down world that yeah. hasn't ended yet. Right. <laughs> um, I keep forgetting it's not over yet. I but keep domest- it is. domestic violence has gone through the roof. It has. And yeah. I've had a number of uh, conversations on this radio show with uh, law enforcement people yeah. and and um, it's crazy. I mean, really I mean, there's just it's not the norm that they're all everybody's used to. Right. This, each day is like a new day. Mm-hmm. Now, domestic violence isn't brand new. That's right. been around forever. But but it's worse now. It is. Tensions because- are harder, whether lost jobs, the company you were working for doesn't exist anymore. Uh, you had to spend three months in a stay-at-home order with your abuser, yeah. which a lot of time, I mean, most of our women were getting out regularly at least to school or to a Hope Women's Center or just yeah. places where they could be out. And now they were locked down for months with that abuser who often was under tremendous pressure and then addiction, you know, reenters and just, just it was a horrible horrible time. So you must work with other groups in the valley f- mm-hmm. for that for when you need uh, expertise in those areas. We do. So we have a lot of expertise in just the day-to-day and walking right. with a woman through domestic violence, but, but we're but not a, a shelter. If somebody's been human trafficked, right. I mean, they Absolutely. walk in and they're trying to escape. and A lot of trauma, yes. A lot of trauma. Yeah. So we do. We love partnerships. Our philosophy is what can we do better together and how can we serve women together and families together in the community. So we do have a lot of partners we bring into our centers to do programs um, and different, different avenues of support for the women. We partner with a lot. We are, have close relationships with shelters so that I know if she walks in and she's a good fit for a shelter, we have, you know, a means we can call and really work to get her someplace safe. So does it take a while? I mean, if they if they're coming in from one of these things uh, part mm-hmm. that we've mentioned could mm-hmm. be uh, could be anything, mm-hmm. but there's some trauma yes. within that that yeah. woman. Does it take the, a while of decompression to for, get, even build up a trust? For sure. I was going to say trust takes a long time yeah. to build. And we yeah. even, even found that we launched a crisis counseling program during the pandemic because we found that wow. that was a huge need that yeah. our women needed. But what we didn't realize, again, was that it takes time. These are women in significant trauma. So even to build the trust for a crisis counseling program is taking some time. And so we do want we want them to go at their own pace. That's part of being a trauma-informed center. We let them move at their own pace. We let them um, feel safe first and trust us in small things, and then they begin to gradually open up. So it is a process. There is no entrance and graduation. We see this as a relationship for life for as long as they want us to walk with them. Wow. If they go and come back, some get jobs, some move out of the area, then they come back, and they know we're always here to be a support for them. That's wonderful. So um, you see you see it all. We do see you, it You all. see it all. Really hard stories, yeah. And... Um, you don't have a flashy sign outside your building saying, we're here. How do they find out about you? So a lot of it is word of mouth. Definitely, as a woman shares with another woman that we're there to help, we have a website and social media presence. I've seen a lot of women find us that way. Just even typing in help for abuse or help for um, domestic violence, they're able to find us. A lot of government agencies refer to us. We have programs for moms with kids in foster care, so DCS will refer. DES will refer because we we don't take any funding that limits who we can serve. So a lot of times a woman will walk in and say, DES referred me. They say you help everybody. And that is our, our goal is to help everybody. Yeah. So and try to have some of the discipline to to help that immediate need right. and then if they need more than that you can you have a place them. to send them absolutely so um wh- where does the funding come from 
So it all comes from, thank you for asking, from individuals. <laughs> I love that question. From I'm sure somebody's listening right now. <laughs> that has a tax credit that they are able to give. <laughs> so it comes from individuals, from churches, small foundations, communities, business organizations. Um, we do qualify for the Arizona Charitable Tax, and that you have until May 17th now to file. Wow. So it's an $800 credit that you can give that's a dollar-for-dollar credit. I tell people it's like giving for free. Because <laughs> if you work, you've already earned it, and if you and if you have a, a tax you have to pay, then you can to give it to Hope Instead and help women and families. Um, but we are also obviously a 501c3. So any donation, we do a couple of major events, a gala we do every year, um, a Top Golf, just some fun events throughout the year. But it's been difficult to do those. It has been so you difficult. You we did not able. do the gala last year. That was really How hard. How do you do Top Golf? We uh, actually, Top Golf uh, had some, some plastic and some, and some social distancing that we were able to do really? that. But it has, they did. It was fun it, because it's outside. But it, it we did have to really re- structure, as I know most nonprofits did, to have to, in the age of COVID now, how are we going to engage with people and get people excited? But the community really stepped up. I tell people all the time when there were no toilet paper on the shelves and no food that I couldn't even find, like our women are paycheck to paycheck. So they can't go to Costco and stock up. Mm -hmm. And then when it was gone, it was gone. And so we were so blessed to have so many of our partners, just local people from the community that said, I have extra, I'm going to share. It was Amazing. So we would come every day and women would be lined up around the center or outside waiting to come in to get those resources. But what a privilege to be able to share. Just the bare necessities. The bare necessities, yeah. Yeah. So um, how how did you handle COVID because – and do now. Yeah. You're you're not capable of testing. Uh, You must have health issues that that – We do. And so one of – I call it the silver lining of COVID was Zoom, as much as people joke about Zoom. And what it did for us, if you had asked me a year ago if we would have put our classes online or done something via Zoom, I would have said absolutely not. Our strength is in building community. Um, But we had to. We had to pivot. We stayed open, but obviously we couldn't have women in person for classes, so we put them on Zoom. And it's been amazing. What I found from that is that women built community. So once a class that was only offered in Phoenix now can be offered with our other four centers. And so women could build community with each other that way, even via Zoom. So it's been a really amazing way to see our reach expand. We work with one of the women's prisons because they couldn't come out, but we were able to Zoom in and offer services. We've been able to offer services to women all over the state that normally can't come in person to one of our five locations, but now they can be a participant by Zoom. So that's been really neat. And I don't think we'll ever fully leave that behind. Do you you have an in-prison program? at all? Before COVID, we were going to Perryville and doing monthly classes. So now we do them via Zoom. But it's still a great way. When women come out, they've earned these points by taking a class. They're in the cloud. So we tell them, show up to any of our five centers. We'll pull your points down from the cloud and you can shop. And it's been great because that's Let's talk about the points. Uh, So it's like... Green stamps or something. It is. It's like yeah, they get a points card. Right. Every time you take a class, you're in 10 points. And then with your points, you're able to get clothes, diapers, toiletries, cleaning supplies. Those are always in high demand. Yeah. Um, food, just anything that we can think of that would be a support to them materially. Even utility assistance. They're able to save their points, and we will offset part of their utility bill with And that points. keeps them engaged in the program. It does. Because that, the more they an invest, yeah. it is. The more they invest in the programs to help break cycles of poverty and abuse, the more they're able to then provide for their families. And we wanted it to be empowering for them. So she is providing for her family. We don't tell her what to spend her points on. So it gives a lot of decision-making back to her. And women coming out of abuse, that's an empowering tool for them to have again, that they get to make those choices. Right. So um, I'm going to ask a question that 
in all fairness of you, uh, you might with all that you handle, with all that comes in the door, there must be one or two instances where you've had to have a police officer come in, maybe to do more investigation or mm-hmm. ask questions or because yeah. they, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, there is. I mean, we've had to call the police when we've had abusers try to follow a woman. And I'm not talking in a bad way. Yeah. They can be helpful. Oh, 100%. We, yeah. The police are our friends. Yeah. So we want to be a resource to the police right. to know you can bring a, a woman to us, and they do frequently. They'll bring yeah. one to us. Or we say we know we can call them because many times we have had an abuser try to follow a woman in, and then we know we're able to call the police and safely and, sh- and help her to feel Or sit safe. outside in a car or something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. 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 I've heard of that. So... Um, uh, you know, there's a branch of the Phoenix Police Department and, and probably I think a lot of departments here in the Valley that you may or may not be aware of. You ever heard of the uh, patrol uh, angels or I, angels on patrol? I have heard of angels on patrol. OK. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, months ago, I, I interviewed the, the detective from the Phoenix PD that started that program. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing program. Because there's officers that will, if they're doing a domestic violence call, which they never know until they open the door to see what they're what is there, right? Right. So when when the heat calms down and in some some order of a semblance, if they're a member of that uh, uh, Angels on Patrol, they'll come back, Great. and they'll say, "How you know? I noticed when we were here." Uh, you may, your furniture, you may need some kind of furniture. You may need an appliance. I didn't see a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you need one of those? They'll do that. That's wonderful. And That's and, and it's not exposed to the public right. in a wide way. But uh, but it's nice to know that they exist. Yeah, that's a great resource. And uh, I've heard that they've now grown to probably most of the law enforcement agencies in the Valley that's have right. a branch of that's that wonderful. now. But it started yeah. with the Phoenix PD. Awesome. And um, so... And I think it's so helpful for women to know that they are that the police are there to help support yes, them. They can, yes, yes. Well, that's their number one. A, it is, but sometimes there's a priority. fear around yeah. that, or a lot of times the abuser will use that as a manipulation. So yeah. it's nice to hear about programs for her to know. Yes, yes they are here to help me. Yes. So um, my goodness, and you've got probably got more than you can handle. Right. We do. I, there, we're, there's I, I no think, short of need. Yeah, for sure. So we always need volunteers and we always tell people time, talent, treasure. If you've got time, we can plug you in whatever your talents are. Um, we would love to connect you. And we are faith based. So we offer a lot of emotional and spiritual support as well. Nice. Very holistically, women can choose if they want to participate in that part. Okay. But it just helps holistically meet all of those needs. Yeah. So you um, I'm just going to ask because I don't remember if I saw this on my grand tour mm-hmm. uh is there a chapel area is there a, a christian uh, if it's not a chapel they area down and pray for a while but we or? do in our mentoring okay. we always offer to pray with her if yeah. she would like to it's very client driven so yes. it's always at the clients that what her sense. comfort level yeah, is yeah, yeah. um but yes our mentors would always offer to do that mentoring our focus is for her to know her value her worth i mean that's god-given she every woman that walks in the door has value and worth and yeah. dignity and a lot of our women have never heard that either from an abusive childhood or an abusive relationship yeah. so we get 
get to affirm that for her. Right. Certainly offer to pray with her and just give her some really practical tools. We do have free child care. We didn't talk about that yet. Um, well, let's do. <laughs> for women that come, we try to reduce. We have time. Any okay, good. We try to reduce any barrier there is to entry. So right. if if child care is an issue, that was really important for me as a single mom. Because I talk about yeah. how if I had been off, had a place like a Hope Women's Center to go to, if it had had to be something that I had to pay for child care or one more time I had to leave my kids with somebody else, I, I couldn't have done it. So being able to have their children on site so they can see them, they know they're safe, we get a chance to love and minister to those kids, and then it kind of frees them up nice. to just take a take a sigh, just yeah. breathe a sigh, and just be able to invest in the classes and the mentoring and the counseling. So there's like a her. little children's area? There is, at oh. each of our centers. There's a little children's area, zero to five. Yeah. during the school year pre-COVID kids yeah. were in school <laughs> so zero to five during the school year <laughs> who knows day to day but in the summer we often will get youth or different church groups that will come in and watch some of the older kids too so yeah. just whatever we can redo to do to reduce her fear or barrier to coming we, any woman is welcome there is no nothing that would keep us from being able to serve her so you you've done your your effort and, and your calling is to erase any barrier, yes, for anything that can, that can get in the way of not only her coming in, but staying and right. going through what she needs right. to go through. Yep. We want to help her break those yeah. cycles for, for her children, for her, for her future. Yeah. Well, um, so it's been around since the 80s. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. For any nonprofit, that's a long time. It is. It's been really well established. It stayed that one single, you know, center for yeah. most of the initial probably twenty five plus years. So probably then it was just a very local client, clientele as well, right? And it was really focused on pregnancy. It was not yeah. until the mid two thousands when the leaders at that time, the women that were on the board, um, really had the vision that they wanted to see. They were seeing the same women coming back in. With a pregnancy test or for pregnancy testing, but also seeing abuse and poverty and job loss and trauma. And so that's when they created the model that we use now. And we've continued to just refine and expand, which is how do we walk alongside any woman or teen girl in trauma um, in any difficult life situation? And how do we pull in the community and churches to help us do that in yeah. an effective way? So in the nonprofit world, it's it's hard to navigate and you need a lot of help. You need a lot of financial help. Um, Especially during COVID when you can't have events. My goodness. And they're your major events <laughs> of the year, right? Major fundraisers. And there are uh, umbrella, you know, like the Alliance of mm-hmm. Arizona Nonprofits. Yes, we belong to that. That's they a have, great resource. They have thousands of nonprofits under their roof, right? And I, I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, the CEO uh Oh, right awesome. right as the program was getting started almost a year ago now but um they they do a lot of good work mm-hmm. so do. aside from that um uh, i hate to use the word competition and i'm not going to get i don't want to I, I don't mean i don't mean that in a no. we're out to you know we could, we're going to make more than you or that's not it but but it is a large world of nonprofits mm-hmm. You've done your your work and your study when you built this and added the each time you add a new care center, you may add another mm-hmm. uh, classroom or something like right. that that you right. may be, oh my gosh, we didn't think about that right. before. That's so there's new ideas always percolating. Um, what is the major difference between you and another nonprofit that that may 
Is anybody close to doing what you're doing? I, I can't. I I've never hope, heard of it. I think Hope is very unique yeah. in that it is very holistic. We do. Yeah. There are great nonprofits. We partner with a lot of them, yeah. and they do great things for women. Um, I think Hope is unique in that holistic, emotional, physical, spiritual. I see a lot of physical help. I see a lot of emotional help, and I see a lot of spiritual help, but it's often divided. Yeah. So we try to do that very holistically and in one place, and we try to bring all of our programs to her. So if it is a another nonprofit that's doing fantastic work in the community, we invite them in, and then she's not having to go out to find all these and to navigate that. She already knows she's safe at Hope, and then we can bring our partners in to serve with us. And I'm huge on collaboration. So I don't need to yeah. reinvent the wheel that somebody else is doing really well. I want to invite them to partner with us and to serve our families together. You're incredible. Thank you. you are. So um, somebody, uh, a woman walks in. And she has some something going on in her life that maybe you haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't want to scare her off. You want to make her comfortable. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you want to work with your staff some way to say, we need to right. retrofit. Well, how much of that do you have to do? We do quite Probably a bit. Regularly, our, our, right? We do. And our staff is incredible. I am yeah. very blessed with an amazing team yeah. of women that are passionate and will quickly start working our contacts in the community. How do we find her what she needs? What can we get to her? How do we support her? So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that, that's this, the, all, that's all, all of, five of our centers, the staff, five, yeah. five centers in the places that you've named, Ma- name them again. So Phoenix, Apache Junction, the West Valley, El Mirage, Surprise, Coolidge, Maricopa, our current five. And then we're adding one, um, partnering with one in Camp Verde. So we'll have a Camp Verde location. So in case you, you, you think, you know, Tammy, at this point in the, in the, uh, interview, I'm going to read something. Okay. <laughs> In your free time, you enjoy spending time with her two adult children now. They are adults. Pursuing her master's degree. <laughs> that, that's, my, that's my hobby is my master's degree. That jumped off the page at me. So amongst all of this that you do and you've, you're have you responsible for, uh, it sounds like it's online. Wheaton it's, College. It's online and in person. I go back a couple of times a year. But it's an amazing program. It's women that are studying, women from all across yeah. the nation that are studying together in leadership and ministry. It's awesome. Tammy, this has been great. Thank uh, you, thank you so me. much for coming on The Rescuer Show. And people can contact you how? HopeWomenCenter.org. Um, through our headquarters, 602-715-0999 is our phone number. But HopeWomenCenter.org is the easiest way. Thank you, Tammy. So the Rescuer Show airs uh, at uh, Faith Talk 1360 or faithtalk1360.com every Thursday at 5.30. And you'll find us on uh, our podcast stream, wherever. Just uh, look for Rescuers Radio Show and you'll find us. Thank you, Tammy, for being a rescuer. Thank you for having me. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.